You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That's right. You're listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast. The alternative underground dive bar fan podcast of the Seattle Mariners. Brought to you by OB City Entertainment. And now, the host of the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast, Myron Sutner. What up? This is episode 12 of the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast podcast the underground alternative back alley speak easy secret society dive bar style podcast and podcast about and surrounding the seattle mariners baseball club of major league baseball hey what's up i'm here hanno from edmonds is not here tonight or as I should say this morning, uh, we just couldn't uh, get together to record last night. He couldn't make it. It's his fault. I'm blaming him, but now you're just getting me. And uh, last night I tried to, you know, do a little solo recording. Um, It was turning into a disaster. I have to be honest here. I'm pretty, uh, you know, depressed and exhausted over this last road trip. We'll get into it. Um, but, uh, yeah, the energy just wasn't there. It wasn't there. And sometimes it's just fine to just take like a little break. And now we're back. I got up this morning. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to like, you know, talk Mariners baseballs and, you know, get under the hood and, you know, put my opinions out there of what's going on and how we should fix it and how it's making me feel. I'm here. I'm shedding my skin for you, the rye bread and mustard Mariners fan, rye bread and mustard listeners and Mariner fans alike. Anyways, uh, thanks again for liking, subscribing, and listening to this. If you're not liking or hitting subscribe, but you're listening, you're just being creepy. Like and subscribe it. Write us a review. Tell us how much you're enjoying the show, or you know, put us on blast. Whatever, we'll get rid of that shit. Just. Let's interact. Let's just get this thing moving and going. I'm really happy with it. We do have the Facebook page right now. It's rye bread and then and mustard because I don't know. I signed up for this thing. Maybe we'll change the page. It just made you put like a first and last and you couldn't have the word and. I don't know. Maybe I signed up for the wrong thing. There are people on the Facebook page. If you're on the Facebook page, just stay there for now. We're trying to figure it out. We might do a Facebook group. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram, so find us, 
connect with us, follow us, we'll follow you. We can be friends. You know, so uh, that's cool. We're also uh, going old school and making some flyers. So check out some, I don't know why I'd tell you to check out flyers. Um, I know flyers are weird, but we got the QR code. We're going to put the cool QR codes on there. People love shooting QR codes, you know, like people like my mom's age, they, they were kind of resisting it at first, but now they kind of like it. They just whip their phones out. Boom. Takes you right there. It'll take you to, um, our webpage where you can pick wherever. Anyways, I'm going to get on the, uh, Vista print and work on that myself here later. That's my big plans today is trying to figure out how Vistaprint works and how to get the flyers up there for this next homestand. Um, anyways, uh, on some upcoming episodes, Chris Copacino is going to be back for, you know, like I said, he's going to be a regular here. He was actually on a trip to Ireland. So maybe we'll maybe, uh, see if he ran into other Mariners fans over in Ireland or see if he saw any, you know, Mariners gear. It looked cold. There could have been, uh, you know, some Mariners, uh, jackets going around maybe maybe some puffy vests were out there maybe he wore his puffy vest if he got one if he didn't you know that's his loss chris copas and again chris copacino's from copacino fujikata they did the uh, marketing for the mariners from the mid 90s through the, you know 2020 season chris also uh you know, would go down as a kid and worked on a lot of the, you know, famous Mariner commercials with the, you got to love these guys. He has lots of stories. We had him on here. I think it's episode eight, but that was just kind of like a screw around test that we turned into an episode. He was on the phone. It's a little scratchy. I'm going to have him maybe tell a couple of those stories again. Also, he has just a lot of stories from being down there. And, um, you know, he also, uh, did some uh, logging for Major League Baseball, stat logging, things like that. He was uh, also a DJ for the Mariners. And by DJ, no, he wasn't scratching and this and that. But, but I think this might even be cooler. He hit the button. He hit the cue for when the batters would come up to the plate. He would hit the cue for the seventh inning stretch. All the uh, music that's playing in between the innings he was running the show and that sounds like a dream job to me i wanted uh he talked about that on episode eight i'd love to dive more into that um also also on a very soon upcoming episode i'm gonna kind of do some deep dives on some films specifically eight men out and field of dreams uh, I have not seen Field of Dreams since I was a kid, and it kind of was a little bit too adulty for me at that point. I know this is, you know, kind of like baseball fandom 101 to know that movie and know the monologues in it, but I uh, I don't. But I do know Eight Men Out, and I know that both of these movies are centered around or, you know, have the theme from the Black Sox scandal. I'm going to... Uh, in fact, go over those with uh, a director, Bolin Miller. Um, he's also a good friend and a collaborator. Right now, Bolin Miller could use your help uh, with a Seed and Spark campaign. What's a Seed and Spark campaign? It's helping getting funding for a film that's already been shot, but you know the rest of the film is very expensive. The back end is always pretty expensive. It's actually a Stephen King adaptation called All That You Love Will Be Carried Away. 
if you just look that up on seedandspark.com, um, they kind of have like a goal, which is getting pretty close to being uh, obtained. There's about nine days left at the recording of this uh, episode. Um, and basically, you get they get funding too from people just signing up and donating, even if it's a dollar, even if it's just signing up for an account, um, just go to it. Um, check out the information. Maybe you're interested in it. You can also look that up on Facebook. Um, again, it's all that you love will be carried away. Check that out. Also on some upcoming episodes, my friend Carl Tart's going to be on here to talk a little bit of baseball, talk a little bit of some of these ESPN 30 for 30s. If that name sounds familiar, it's probably because you're a big fan of NBC's Grand Crew who just uh, finished season one. He plays Sherm. You know, he's on the crew. He's in the crew. It's Sherm. Uh, they're coming back for season two in the fall. They just got greenlit. He also has a podcast called Flagrant Ones. Um, you might know him from Comedy Bang Bang. He was a writer on Keenan and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And for all you baseball heads out there, he was also a writer on Brock Meyer. And, uh, and you might know him from the Comedy Central Drunk History episode about Moses Fleetwood Walker. And last year when he was filming in Seattle, he actually went to uh, T-Mobile a couple times and fell in love with the park. So, I mean... He's, he's got his credentials. He's been to Edgar's Cantina. He's hung out in the bullpen. He's seen a couple of walk-offs last year. He's been to multiple Mariners games at spring training. Checks all the boxes. I'm going to get him in here. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up for a second, and then I'm going to come back and talk your ear off for episode 12 of the Rye Bread Mustard Mariners podcast. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ballgame. I want to see the ends. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Did it again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the kingdom. All right, I'm just ready to get right at it, ready to just rip the Band-Aid off. Look, I'm not going to avoid or sweep under the rug here. No deflecting, no deflecting at all. The time of this recording, things are not going well. Uh, swept by Boston this weekend. You know, some of the games were really tough, especially when you had five nothing leads and four nothing leads, and you watch them, you know, wither away like a you know crypto you know coin account that you invested early you invested early into this game and you're like this is it this is the team that this is this is the offense i'm buying in i'm like they've changed look at they put a crooked number up on the board we've manufactured some runs and then yeah then it just stops and then and then as the game goes along, you just keep manifesting this fear of what's going to happen. And then it happens and then it happens again and it happens again. And uh, that's what was going on this weekend. It was rough. I thought about when Hanno couldn't do this episode to hit up a couple of my Boston friends that I have. But I just couldn't handle hearing a Boston accent or uh, anything to do with Boston after that. It, uh, it would have just been a victory lap that I just... 
I'm just too fragile to take right now as a Mariners fan. I mean, especially when I've decided, hey, I'm going to start a podcast this year and I'm going to get season tickets even though I live in Los Angeles. This is the year I'm buying in and these things are happening. You're, you are playing a good offensive team in Boston, so it's not like, oh, our bullpen is just not like what it was last year. Well, here's the thing. like, I think Boston has three of the top five hitters period like in baseball on our team and then yeah then you had the trevor story thing happen uh who we could not get last off season which is also you know definitely got to be painful for the mariners fandom and very painful for the front office especially jared depoto this is a player that they were linked to that they could not pull in and then seemed to be slumping this year and kind of going like Okay, maybe we avoided this big, huge contract with Trevor Story. Nope. He turns it around. He hits five home runs and 12 RBIs in four games. To put that in perspective, that's a better four-game series than Ted Williams ever had for the Red Sox. Uh, to put that into perspective, the five home runs and the 12 RBIs, yeah, there's maybe four people, maybe five players on the team. I'm going to say four that have five home runs and 12 RBIs. I believe it's four. Could be five, but I believe it's four. So, you know, the rest of your offense, potential offensive roster does not have anywhere close to those stats. To be fair, he, you know, was hitting under 200 till we showed up into town. You know, he obviously owned us. You've heard about it if you're following Mariners. Here's the here's the positive spin on that. He's never going to hit that good again ever in a series, so don't worry about it. I know it burns. He's not in a Mariners uniform, but let's just see what he does the rest of the year. I'm happy with J.P. Crawford at shortstop. I'm happy with Adam Frazier um, at second base. He hit a home run in the final game of the series, uh, though it was <laughs> apparently in the StatCast era the softest Mariner home run ever hit. Or the softest, yes, I believe it was the softest home run a Mariners ever hit, meaning the velocity off the bat was not there. I think it was 87 miles an hour. Um, they haven't had a, a home run hit that soft since Gil Heredia and Franklin Gutierrez. And uh, I, thought, I thought that was an interesting stat they had to show. Right after he hit the home run, they just literally, he tied the game. He tied this game in this game that we're about to, you know, come back and try to win and try to, you know, salvage this road trip. And they're all high-fiving in the dugout. And the broadcast brings up that it is the softest home run that's ever been hit probably by a Mariner and Statcast whip. So, you know. Way to make us feel better about what's going on, right? Thanks a lot. I'm sure Adam Frazier, um, he seems like a nice guy. He'd probably laugh it off, but I'd be like, motherfucker, really? Like, you can't give me one second and just be like, wow, you just came up with a big clutch hit. You got to tell everybody about how soft it is. But yeah, I just, I'm avoiding Boston people. Everybody, gather round. Disco Danny's back in town. Loosen up. Loosen up. 
Settle down, loosen up, Danny. Shake it off, settle down, loosen up, Danny. Loosen up. Loosen up. Shaking it, breaking it, get a hit, Danny. I don't know if anybody else has seen this uh, DirecTV commercial. I don't even know why I'm getting DirecTV. I'm, well, that's because I watch everything on the internet through my apps. So I get it. They're trying to you know, pull me back into that bullshit. Anyways, I do have to give them credit. They do have this fun commercial with uh, Big Poppy, Ken Griffey Jr., Randy Johnson and A-Rod and they are um, playing the Ghostbusters. It's a map over uh, ad for cable. It's a la, you know, the first Ghostbusters where they make their Ghostbusting commercial that airs on local television. It's kind of in that vein. They, you know, do the, the crossing of the streams they do all of the you know tropes from the ghostbusters and it's fun and you're like look at all these guys and then you just you start uh you know going back into those deep wounds knowing that you know ken griffey jr ended up having to leave us in his prime you know after you know Never getting to the World Series and what could have been, and just then you go to you know, Randy Johnson, same thing. A Rod, do I need to go into that? And then you know maybe not the, uh, and maybe not the average baseball fan might not know, but you know, Big Poppy was drafted by us when he was David Arias, and uh, we traded him to Minnesota. For, I don't know, a warm bucket of piss. Let me let me look it up. I'll look it right now. Either way, all of those guys are Hall of Famers. All of those guys, you know, could have been on, you know, the Mariners at the same time, you know, in 98, 99, going forward. It just really, like, you know, really gets to me every time I see it now. It's not like, you know, seeing uh, the interception that Russ threw in the Super Bowl when we could have handed it off to Marshawn Lynch. I know that's a football thing. I feel like the biggest, you know, gutting for Mariners fans has got to be, you know, especially these these four players. Um, no big poppy didn't play in a Mariners uniform ever, but he was in our organization you don't know about this you should go back and uh, google this there's a story about when he was in the minor league system the mariners were you know playing an exhibition game i think it was before the season started and they were playing wherever one of the mariners uh, affiliates were at double a i believe and uh they were gonna have an exhibition game rained out so there was no game but, you know, like the entire like town came out, like everybody, Ma and Pa, they shut down, you know, the ice cream store and the gas stations were shut down. And, you know, even like the preachers were probably there. It was like a small town. It was, yeah, you know, it was a John Cougar Mellencamp song. Come to life. They've all come down to the stadium. 
they want to see something. And uh, so they decided to do a home run derby. And, you know, Big Poppy outblasted Griffey and A-Rod. And uh, I guess there's reports where A-Rod specifically told the front office to bring up, you know, Poppy immediately. And they turned around and traded him. So that's how that story goes for him. But anyways, it's a cool commercial, but it's very triggering. And I don't know whose idea it was to randomly cast this. I know that there's not a Ghostbusters movie coming out this year. I think that was last year. So I don't know if this is a rollover commercial that I'm just seeing, but I just don't know who casted this thing. It's got to be somebody who like, hate Seattle as <laughs> a bone to pick with Seattle. I don't know. Maybe it was a uh, Kyle Seeger. I don't know. Milton Bradley, Sean Figgins. I don't know. Maybe it was Jeff Smolian, <laughs> the former owner of the Mariners who wanted to move him to Tampa Bay. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was Howard Schultz. Michael, what can you tell us about your future plans? I like to buy myself a ballpark. Michael Jordan is going to buy a major league ballpark. Will he buy Comiskey? Will he buy Yankee Stadium? How much is Jordan willing to pay for a ballpark? 15, 20. Your usual, Mr. Jordan. One ballpark. Ballpark Franks. So full of flavor, they plump when you cook them. Yeah, I might just have enough for two ballparks. And try ballpark fat-free Franks. All the taste, none of the fat. So something that's been brought up and been in the news is that possibly, you know, Major League Baseball is really leaning towards you know, doing this automated strike zone by having, you know, basically a radar computer system. Uh, say if it's a ball or a strike, you see it on TV all the time. Seattle, it's the EQC Tracer. It is the gospel. You know, after every pitch, they're showing it. They're showing if it missed or barely missed or painted the corner. So everything is, every play and everything is, you know, highly scrutinized and, uh, or, you know, highly investigated nowadays. It's just how, that's just how it is. That's just how it is. But, you know, they still haven't done it yet, but they are like really, really strongly making a case now. It seems like with all these broadcasts of really just if the umpire is not making perfect calls just to really, really, you know, rub their face in it. It seems like, hey, I don't know exactly how I feel about it yet. I mean, when it goes in our favor or goes against us, I should say, I'm oh, I need it. When you get away with a call, you're now, you know, they're doing their job. So, I mean. I don't feel like it's going to change when it's, if we go, if baseball goes in that direction, I don't feel like it's going to satisfy people. I still think people are going to bitch. I still think players are going to bitch. Uh, I think this guy's name is named Mike Caroto or yeah, Mike Kirto, Mike Caroto, Mike Kirto. Anyways, he is the, uh, Seattle Rainiers announcer, and he was on the Ian Furness show. Actually, Hanno sent me this, and there was a really good 20-minute uh, segment um, on the Ian Furness show. He's uh, KJR Seattle, 93.3. Um, 
he's the host and he had the announcer on if i have lost you with my uh, pulp fiction um add explanation here when he was on the show they were obviously talking some kyle lewis mike brash stuff but they were talking about the automated strike zone which they were testing out and using either recently or they have been i think it's recently and he was explaining basically how it works if you don't know umpire has some sort of uh you know earpiece or something that lets him know if it's a ball or strike he says it's a bit seems a bit delayed so there is a delay um but he either calls a ball or strike but uh he was saying that jared kelnick was up to bat and got a called strike that he did not agree with he i guess apparently was turning around and saying something to the umpire but i don't know what the umpire said he didn't say here on this episode but i i mean what would the umpire say like Who gives a shit? I mean, I mean, what would the umpire say? He'd just be like, why the fuck are you telling me? You know, <laughs> like literally like this is this is what happened. You bitched enough people, players, fans, organizations complained enough. Now it's not my fault. I mean, that's probably got to be one of the easier jobs now is the home plate umpire during the games because the other the other uh positions are still going to have to go up against instant replay all the time i guess like it's a day off behind the plate besides that maybe you could get you know 116 mile an hour you know foul off of uh aaron judge's bat yeah i just think it's it's interesting i mean apparently there's like a hotline not a hotline a phone line for complaining so you can still complain to the league but I mean, I could just imagine you having to call this, you know, it's obviously you would get an automated, you know, system, right? You know, for an automated strike zone. I don't think you're, you're going to get any real person to talk to. You might not even get a person from like a far off country, you know, in a call center, you're going to get, you would just get more automated stuff. Who knows what the music will be like, or like what the menu will be like. If you're a batter, press one. If you're a pitcher, press two. So you have to hit one or two or whatever, and then maybe the next screen is like, if you thought it was high and outside, press one. If you thought it was low and inside, press two. If you'd like to talk to a real umpire, hang up the phone and quit bitching. And you would probably be on hold for a very long time. I don't know what the music would be. Um, I guess it would be like uh, organ baseball music or... I could just imagine it being like some weird Muzak, you know, versions of, you know, famous, like take me out to the ball game, just something to drive you just completely nuts. Maybe it's a Macklemore song. I don't know. Uh, because like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just, I feel like people are going to be still wrong. You've, I mean, how many of us have played video games or seen friends play video games and you're complaining about the computer, you're complaining about apps not working. It's like no matter what, there's going to be bitching and complaining. And as long as people are complaining and bitching and getting thrown out of games, I'm all for it. That's a part of the fucking game. There may be no greater thrill in sports than the crack of a bat and the roar of a crowd as a small cowhide-covered ball 
hurdles a distant fence. It's baseball. Seattle Mariners baseball in the kingdom. And there is no greater enjoyment than being there. The game starts at 7.35 and not a moment before because, as the Mariners have always said, there will be no game before it's time. So another big piece of Mariners news or talk is the signing of uh, Justin Upton to a one-year MLB deal. I'm sure if you're following any other Mariner news, you already know about this. You know that the Angels released him coming out of spring training, which was uh, pretty strange to me because I was at spring training the last week of baseball and I went to a Brewers game where Otani was pitching against the Brewers, spring training, and Upton crushed two home runs and back-to-back at-bats. I think he hit, like, let's see, he he was 5-for-15 with three home runs in the Cactus League. I was surprised that he was released. I missed this because I don't pay attention to these other teams because I don't give a fuck, all right? But to find out that the Angels released him, and uh, now we're getting him. I'm I'm pretty happy about it. I feel like he'll have you know a chip on his shoulder, something to prove against them. We haven't even played them yet, so what's going to be great is I think you're going to see him play up here on the Mariners, you know, before we even play Anaheim. So I'm sure he's you know got those dates highlighted on his magnet uh, schedule on his refrigerator because in the scenario that's what they sent him with the contract. Uh, I'm I'm happy to see him. Yeah, he's, you know, had the greatest numbers the last two years or so. Now you're seeing him, again, from what this article is saying and what other uh, people on MLB.com are saying, this is the best shape he's looked in years. Um, and yeah, we're not getting somebody coming in here off of a big injury, um, rehabbing. He's doing extended spring training right now. I mean, this guy was playing baseball you know, five, six weeks ago. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, um, But they're going off of that hit 211 last year, and he had a .705 OPS uh, for you baseball nerds to, you know, digest that. It's not great. Even saying here in an MLB article, that MLB.com article that I found from uh, April when this happened, that it was more about, uh, the decision to keep, you know, they wanted to move forward with their youth movement with Adele and Marsh and, you know, they and Trout. And so there really wasn't any, I guess, he was the odd guy out. He's also making $28 million, but, you know, uh, you know, the Angels did this last year when they got rid of Pujols. And, uh, you know, Upton has, you know, he's making $28 million remaining on this five-year thing. It was a $106 million contract. Um, and the Mariners are only having to pay half a million. I mean, that sounds good to me. Also, Upton's like one of these guys that the Mariners have tried to get his entire career. Yeah, it'd been great to get him a little bit earlier on, but I'm happy to have him. You know, the Mariners are hitting a low point. This is the, you know, point in the movie where the, you know, veteran who wasn't on a team shows up and you know turns the locker room around and we jump on his back and you know he takes us to the promised land that's what i'm buying into 
Um, I'm happy to have him. But something that's interesting to talk about is this guy uh, vetoed, I think, more than once or just stopped um, transactions that the Mariners were making to get him. I think he had a list of like four teams that he didn't want to play on, and Seattle was definitely one of them. Um, in fact, I I pulled up an article. Let me pull this up. It's an article from 10 years ago. No, I take that back. This article is from two years ago, but what we're talking about is nine or 10 years ago. The article is on fan cited. It's called the trade retrospect of how the Mariners almost landed Justin Upton. He has, you know, in the past not wanted to come to Seattle. I'm going to wait until Hanno comes back for another episode to break down this article that breaks down uh, this interesting trade in uh, that was supposed to go down in 2013 uh, to acquire him. So there's a lot of like names in here uh, just to throw a couple in there. There's some, there's some Ackley talk. There's some Zanino talk. I know it's, uh, there's some Robinson Cano. This is back then. I'm going to wait until Hanno from Edmonds gets back on here, but we'll break this down. Um, maybe save this until uh, he's about to come up and start on the team. It's very interesting, just a big what if. And that's what you do when your team hasn't, you know, made the right moves in, you know, over two decades. You play this what if and you drift back and you daydream and, you know, you agonize over these things. But that's what, like, being a Mariners fan's all about. That's what we're going to do. Lenny Randall. When the Mariners beat the Red Sox, hitting baseballs, Woo! out of sight. Mm-hmm. Every kid who's 14 and under, we want to go. Come to Jack and Get a free jacket. Get a free jacket. Get a free jacket. You know, the Mariners fan nation are going nuts. They're they're ripping each other's heads off and eating each other's their own tails. If you need to take a break, take a break. That's fine. There's other things to do. I mean, take a break. If if I wasn't doing a podcast right now, I'd probably just take a mental break. The one thing that I can't do anymore is look at the standings. It's really hard not to I mean, I get it, it's hard to avoid if it's on the TV and that's fine, but I need to quit looking at the standings. It's a new thing I'm going to do. I've kicked other things. I've kicked uh, worse addictions. And <laughs> this one's going to be tough to do. But I think I can do it. I'm going to not. I'm going to try not to look at, you know, the standings or agonize over it until July 1st. So that's, you know, five, six weeks. I want to see what's going on. At least 4th of July weekend. Just not go look over at the wild card one. For sure. I mean, the Mariners West one, they're going to always show you on the screen during the broadcast. I'm not even focused on that. I'm not focused on the division until we can get to that you know, wild card spot first and start looking you know, closer at what ahead, what's ahead. Either way, I just think fans need to realize the first quarter of the season is now over. It's over. It hasn't been good. It did not end good. It did not end well. Um, it's behind them now. And now it's 
time for the pennant chase or the wild card chase. And we all know the chase is fun. That's why we were into this. That's why we were at game 160, 161, 162 last year. You know how that how that felt. Hopefully we're going to see that again. I think we have a more we have a deeper team to do that. We've signed some uh, people. We've bringing back some people from injuries. We've gotten a good assessment of what we need and what we don't need. And I still think there's a good shot that you still see them in the postseason. How's it go? Charge. All right, that's as good as it's going to get. Fuck it. Pimp myself into doing this, so let me give it a try. <laughs>